0: You're listening to the Experience Sikhi Podcast, a deeper look into the Sikh identity. We present to you open, honest, and inspiring stories. No armor, pretense, or sugarcoating.
1: coating. Ji ka khalasa, Ji ki fateh. Welcome to the Experience Sikhi Podcast. I'm Dalraj Singh. We begin the podcast by acknowledging that we are meeting on Aboriginal land that has been inhabited by Indigenous peoples from the beginning. As settlers, we're grateful for the opportunity to meet here, and we thank all the generations of people who have taken care of this land for thousands of years. In particular, we acknowledge the traditional territory of the Anishinaabek and the Huron-Wendat. Also, just some reminders, if you guys like the podcast, please remember to comment, rate, and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play. You can also send us questions and feedback at podcast at, at com. Once again, that's podcast at experienceikki.com. Our guest today is Bhavnitseng. Bhavnitseng currently works at a tech startup based in the US as a product manager. He graduated from the University of Waterloo, where he studied systems design engineering. Outside of work and school, he enjoys playing basketball and is a huge Boston Celtics fan. Singh is also a Vidyarthi or student of the Nahang Santa organization and is their liaison in the GTA. So here's Bhavneet Singh. Thank you so much for being on the show. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good, bro. Uh, snowing, but always uh, doing good. Otherwise,
1: we had like two great months of no snow in the winter. And then this past 2023 has been snowstorm after snowstorm every single week, but yeah. I we're, expect, we're getting
0: through it. I wouldn't expect March to be the month that you would expect this much snow, but... Yeah, but well, hopefully, hopefully before Vasaki, we're, we're cleared up. Hopefully another things are cleared up.
1: <laughs> um, so, let's get right into it. Can you start by telling the listeners just a little bit about yourself? Who is Singh?
0: Yeah, uh, my name is Singh Obviously, I've been... Uh, living in Waterloo for about a big chunk of my life since, I would say, 2006. Um, studied here, grown up here, uh, made friends here, played basketball here. Um, a lot of things uh, have been in Waterloo. Um, I work at a tech startup, like you've mentioned, um, in the Bay Area, working remotely, um, and mainly just uh working as a product manager, I've been doing that since I graduated, uh, graduated from University of Waterloo, um, studying system design engineering, um, and I've just been, yeah, those were five years spent there, uh, a good five years working and studying. Um, and then yeah, did high school here and everything. Uh, so it's been, uh it's been quite a ride in terms of just like, Studying, working, going straight into work, and like graduating in COVID, which was uh, yep. really interesting. Uh, we didn't, you know, you didn't get to like take time off. You just kind of straight went to work, which uh, yeah. was was interesting, but uh, it was fun. But COVID gave some time to really like um, focus and you know set a routine on other other things like um, focusing on your psyche and whatnot. So uh, mm-hmm. that was good. That was that was a good part of it. Um, and then, yeah, outside of it, just, uh, you know, working, just, uh, doing the usual around the house, trying to go to the gym, uh, trying to play basketball, trying to keep up with that. Um, trying to keep up with Santhea as well, um, uh, and just keep on, uh, trying to find any places where you can do Seba. Had
1: you not graduated during covid Is it possible that you wouldn't be with a tech startup based in the states is it is working remotely something the company you work with started because of covid or was that an ongoing trend with that company
0: yeah no i think this was like kind of the as part of that covid shift right like uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of companies um obviously like for them one the one thing was as the shift happens for restrictions and whatnot um it became easier or the the first mandate was obviously you got to leave your office space, right? And then mm-hmm. um, you're not paying, you're saving kind of on your office lease and and whatnot, right? Wherever your yep. space you rent, so that was a plus point. Um, and then otherwise, everyone's kind of just forced into working remotely. But mm-hmm. I think our company adapted to a more like first remote approach or like a remote only approach, where they said, okay, like if we can't do it, we can start hiring outside of the outside of California. Um, yep. And then we can start hiring anyone kind of in Canada or, or we have a bunch of engineers that are actually in South America. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, that it opened up opportunities for sure. Uh, the company moved remote only and then I had the opportunity to join in afterwards. So like I graduated, worked at a different company. And then two years later mm-hmm. um, or yeah, a year and a half later, then I saw this opportunity and now I was part of it. But COVID was was you know in one aspect a blessing for that because then i you know you get the opportunity to actually work uh for mm-hmm. these types of companies and get your foot in the door but you don't have to actually live there so that's yep. it's, it's it has its course okay
1: so before we get into the details of how your career came to be could you provide a brief description of your current role in product management a lot of people including myself we were just talking about this the difference between project and product management so what do you do in product management
0: I guess i guess uh that's one of my i guess that's one of my pet peeves too right? it was, <laughs> i know a couple of my friends who talk about it as project management and i'm like no man it's 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 not the same it's not the same mm-hmm. people get people get a little bit triggered in it but um project project management is mainly managing deadlines right so if you have yeah. um like let's say if you're putting features out if you're working on certain projects at a company you're going to manage the timeline. You're going to manage the risks, the resources, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, on top of it, it's mainly like you know Grant Gantt chart type of things. So you yep. want to see where your delivery is going to be. How are you going to deliver by certain milestones? That mm-hmm. is a project manager's work. Product managers typically will not be in that space more more so often. Depends kind of again like on which company you're at and what type of roles they ask you to play. Product managers are kind of flexible in that sense. But product managers are mainly focusing on uh, the next problems that a company needs to solve in terms of um, user experience or uh, business value and trying to deliver that right. Prioritize the next problem you need to solve for your company um, and then figure out what you need to do from a conceptual level and then you work with your engineers you kind of put that into place you, you have a solution you set up and then the rest kind of goes into project management um, scrum management like going into um, execution you might be part mm-hmm. you will be part of it at some intervals uh, but you're not going to be overseeing like deadlines as much you might communicate okay. deadlines to customers but you're not going to be the one who's like deep down like managing all those deadlines mm-hmm. so that, that's kind of okay. the distinction, I would say, uh, for the most part.
1: Okay. So what did you study in your undergraduate degree? And how did those studies contribute um, to your career choice in product management? Was it something that flowed naturally from the field of study that you engaged in?
0: Yeah. So system design engineering was, um, it's always hard to explain to people because it's, it, it seems like it's a general engineering. Um, so you kind of, you can put it as a jack of all trades type thing. Uh, but I think we, we try to, we don't dabble as much in the theoretical part of each engineering, but we try to apply it Mm -hmm. as much as we can. So it'll be a little, it'll be less theory, more application. Um, but system design engineering focuses on design a lot. So each uh, year that you're in, uh, the, the program, um, you'll always have a couple of design courses that you're focused on. Uh, and mm-hmm. those design courses will be managed, um, by professors in an, in an interesting way. It's very PM, like very product management, like where you're going to start thinking of problems to solve initially. Um, you're going to mm-hmm. identify problems you're going to identify users, right? Um, you identify users, you identify problems and then you try to ideate, um, and try to figure out what solutions can meet those problems. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of that is what product management is in its essence. So that's design. Um, mm-hmm. But you'll go in through these phases. So you'll go through like sprints or sprints as in like uh, specific bodies or units of time where you have to spend time to actually create something. Um, yeah. So like one year we worked on like a soil filtration system for like people in South Paulo, Brazil that don't have um, access to clean water like so how do you build mm-hmm. something that's low cost um, high efficiency or effectiveness in like cleaning water and yep. then something that can be used um, very portably so if someone needs to drink water they shouldn't have to bring a whole system or haul the system mm-hmm. they can just use something that can be put in the water and just try to get clean water out of it right yep um, so things like those are applications but like that the courses were set up in that way that you would think uh, the problem, and then you try to solve it.
1: Interesting. And was product management, I know in a lot of undergraduate programs, but yeah. specifically engineering, there's a lot of opportunity for co-op and internships and part of the process is initiated by the school. So when you were looking through those portals and finding those opportunities, was product management an emerging career option or was it something that you discovered and explored on your own?
0: Yeah, yeah. So product management, I'd say it it really started picking up during my years, like from my personal experience, when I got into um, university, like first year, uh, product management wasn't talked about a lot. There was only a handful of people probably in my year that were very interested in product management. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people switched into product management. Um, Everyone kind of, I think for the most part, everyone started in their own unique places. Um, Mm -hmm. But some people transitioned earlier, some people uh, like very few started in it. Uh, But typically the transition path was, okay, I saw software engineering initially because that's where software engineering was um, established. It's an established role. You know what you're mm-hmm. doing in it, and typically, a lot yep. of people are excited to get into coding. That was the big mm-hmm. thing, right? You want to learn computer science, you get into coding. Um, so the job portals always had computer science or, or related jobs, so software engineering. Mm-hmm. You kind of go into there, um, and you kind of figure out your your space, right? Like if if you like that internship, and if you like development side of things, kind uh, of kind of head down siloed development, then You know, Mm -hmm. that's great. You can you can do that or you can do design Um, those types. There's like two streams there. But then if you want to start getting into more collaborative roles or trying to figure out like problem solving or try to understand what you're building in software or what you're building in design, understanding like, what am I building? Why am I building it? uh, Those questions get answered in product management. So um, Mm. typically those people. You know, if they don't find that role to be fulfilling or that type of job to be fulfilling, they'll transition into product management. Um, and that's where you kind of, you know, for the most part, I think a lot of people stick to it after. So once you're in product management, for me at least, it was like, I, I get my hands off coding. I didn't like coding as much. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. uh, it's fun, but it's, it's definitely like it gets, it gets hard to catch up or keep up with. So mm-hmm. then for me, product management was great. Uh, you get to idea, you get to vision things, uh, you get to brainstorm ideas and whatnot. So at that point, like product management was a good fit for me, like in later parts of my year after I finished enough software engineering. And so that was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's, that's where, you know, you, you transition. But over time, like over time throughout my years at, at, at university, I think like you'll, it was emerging. It started growing really rapidly. So product management initially mm-hmm. was very few internships that opened up. Yeah. Over time, it was it was a lot, and and it wouldn't be and it wouldn't be like the same as uh, software. Like I think the mm-hmm. ratio is like you'll have, it, you know, very like a very spitball type of ratio. I think it's like uh, like at least five to ten in you know, software jobs to like one or two product management jobs right Mm um and those jobs or those pm jobs would have a lot of applicants like crazy tons of applicants as it got through the years once people started realizing it um Mm -hmm. and yeah it started becoming a craze afterwards like everyone wanted to kind of jump into it because like from uh I think from like a, a salary, like a, a salary point of view, I was in the internship. Like, obviously, you get like you get you get paid pretty well in that, like in those internships. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you get to like manage things as an intern. Yeah. So it was in some places it's interesting, um, and the role type and like the, the responsibilities are quite interesting. So I think a lot of people started realizing that afterwards, after I gained some notoriety, um, and and companies mm-hmm. started hiring for more people.
1: I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. Um, For an engineering program in general, we hear a lot about the intensity of the work. So what was the workload like in your university years? Did you have time to engage in extracurriculars, for example? Um, Because you're one of the very few people that go to Waterloo, but actually live in the area versus being an outside student uh, living on residence. So what was that experience like within the program?
0: Yeah, there's a there's a couple of points there. I think uh, like living in Waterloo was, uh, was, was a blessing. Like I could, I could go home and just, you know, Mm -hmm. chill. Like for me, it was like a five minute drive or a five, 10 minute drive. It's not too far. Um, So it was definitely convenient for me to get like up and down to the university when I needed to, Mm -hmm. and I could stay as late as I need to get stuff done. Um, And it's, I would, I would say like, you know, you obviously save a lot on rent, right? Like you save a lot on rent throughout the years, um, and that and that same type of money goes into your tuition or whatnot. So that, that's that's mm-hmm. another additional point. But I think uh, living in Waterloo was 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 good for that part. Like especially, you kind of miss out on like the campus interaction, right? Like mm-hmm. like those types of those types of things. But I don't think you I, ha- I had I missed that experience as much because um, you can, you know, you can spend your time there and try to get things done collaboratively yeah. or whatnot. Um, in terms of extracurriculars, engineering does have its load for sure. Right. There's a, there is definitely a, a big uh, study load that people have. I don't like for me personally, I think it was, it was manageable. You you can manage it, right. As long as mm-hmm. you uh, prioritize your time and whatnot. Um, I think you can always, have time for extracurriculars like I, I I played intramural basketball or, or or took part in the SSAs there, um, mm-hmm. kind of always had time for that. Uh, it's just you know there's certain parts of the pro of the semester I would say like obviously like you know when you have your midterms or you have your exams that picks up for everyone. Um, yep. There's just certain parts of it where it gets uh, it gets daunting because there's multiple project deadlines you might have. Or multiple mm-hmm. tests that might come up. That's mainly the only thing. But yeah. I think as long as you can work collaboratively with everyone, it's not uh, it's not it's not that it's not that crazy. From like if you think about it, uh, for everyone in engineering, mm-hmm. I think it was two B that was the the hardest. Like two B or not to be is always the that's the saying, right? Um, in mm-hmm. engineering, but once you get by some of those harder terms, everything else is is pretty steady state, uh, and it shouldn't be too bad.
1: Awesome. So, for product management, you've mentioned that it's now emerging or it's it's reaching its peak in terms of interest from engineering students. is having an engineering degree a requirement for the job or is it more open ended
0: yeah yeah there's a there's a couple points to that as well right um, product management is like prototypically the intersection between design engineering business right. Um, You got to have kind of the culmination of all three of those in order to work as a product manager. Um, Mm -hmm. But that skill set varies across different roles. Um, Product management is uh, it is it's very um, it can be different across different uh, companies, depending on how big your company is and how many people are in your startup or your larger scale company um, and who makes up your team. as a product manager, you might have uh, certain skill sets that you don't necessarily need. You might have skill sets that mm. you do need. I know a lot of yep. people that come in from design backgrounds. They can also work into product management. You can come from a business background or a business degree and yep. you can move up. Um, and you can obviously go in from engineering too. I think what, ha- what happens is typically you'll need to have some engineering or, or, or technical sense. If you're working mm-hmm. on, on very much a technical product um, and if you're really interfacing with engineers as lot well, as a product manager, that's where you'll need it. If you're going to be working on the business angle more like uh, like prioritizing problems, but thinking about business strategy more or how to how to um, promote or launch a product with the go to market of it, then you might yeah. need to have more of a business or marketing background, uh, but it's, it, it's dependent on the role. Uh, I would say, yeah, like having some form of technical background or um, some experience is always helpful. Uh, It always just makes a better case for yourself when you look to apply for these jobs. Um, uh,
1: Are there any other qualities you feel like a product manager should have aside from the education?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, You're going to have to, you know, the reality is, you're going to be in a lot of meetings. You're going to be collaborating with a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. so you kind of, you do need um, that sense that you you have to manage uh, both collaborative work and individual work. Um, you're going to be in points in time where you're going to be in a lot of meetings, talking to stakeholders, talking to different people, in different departments. So you need to be able to switch context a lot and switch your mm-hmm. terminology, potentially like switch your context, terminology, yeah. how uh, how you converse <clears throat> with different people, like someone technically you might speak more technical, someone with business, you might speak more high level business oriented language. Um, mm-hmm. So you, ha- you definitely have to have that skill set of, of context switching a lot. Um, and the other piece is. I think, you know, is is also understanding prioritization. And a part of that comes into saying, into being able to say no to things. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people will come with a lot of requests across the organization. They'll ask you, like, "Oh, like, can we get this done? Can we get this done?" Um, you'll always yeah. have competing priorities, competing asks. Um, you got to figure as a product manager, you'll have to kind of figure out what has the most value, or what has uh, the most uh, invest or ROI or return on investment that you need to mm-hmm. put your efforts into. Um, and then you also got to be able to say, if I'm investing in this, this is, this is the other part of it. Like, this is what gets pushed out. This is what we can't do. Right. Um, and you gotta be very, um, you gotta have the communication to be able to say it in a very, uh, in a subtle way. Like you can't, you know, we Mm -hmm. don't, you can't just turn down things. You got to mention like, okay, it'll be done in the future, but you know, you can, you have to push it for things later. So communication Mm -hmm. collaboration definitely is, uh, a big thing. Um. I think those are the two core things you got to have apart from just all of like the skill set, like more of like technical design or business oriented stuff.
1: Does the time zone difference between being here and in California um, impact your job hours in any sense? Are you working um, or are you starting earlier, working later? What does that dynamic look like being a remote worker, but also on the other side on the opposite coast?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. I think it's something that I'm, I'm still trying to adjust myself to. It's like mm-hmm. uh, working, uh, working at a, a company that's on the west side, uh, you have to kind of manage your hours similarly. So I try to keep myself uh, in a central type, type of time zone, or if I'm not working nine to five, I'll try to go for 10, 10 to six or 10 to seven. Right. That'll be the, the approach. Um, mm-hmm. you know, at some points it can go later, depending on the products you're, or the, the point in stage in which your product is at or what you need to do, uh, in terms of your projects. Um, but yeah, I try to keep it, try 10 to seven. Um, sometimes go it goes over, which is not, which is not the best, but you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's yeah, you kind of make your schedule around that. And then that's kind of how you have to proceed with it. It's not too bad. Um, yep. On the weekdays obviously your schedule is a bit weird because you can't you can't do much after work uh, but I kind of you know you kind of structure your schedule around it and, and it, it's okay for the most part so you can get things done
1: mm-hmm. is the workload um, is it a set workload that you have to work these many hours or is it project oriented so those days that you're working from like let's say 10 to eight 10 to seven um, is because you're trying to meet a project's deadline or finish this by a certain time?
0: yeah yeah so you know you you set yourself up for, for certain tasks in a day um that's what that's what i try to get done like if i if i know what mm-hmm. the priorities are for the week i know there's certain things that have to be done or tasks that need to be done um so you know it is task oriented in that sense like you got to get you got to finish your tasks um yeah you can finish it earlier or finish it later um but you got to get them done so for me it's just That'll sometimes go into 10 to 10 to seven uh, or mm-hmm. 10 to 10 to six ish um, in order to get those tasks done. But I, I try to, you know, in those in those types of moments, I try to keep uh, breaks in between. Right. Um, yeah. So you do need like um, breaks where you just uh, you don't have any mental overload and you're just sitting doing whatever. Um, that mm-hmm. way you can ty- type of recharge and then try to go about yeah. it. So. Um, you try to keep yourself on a sustainable pace. Uh, Mm Um, I don't try, you know, for me personally, I don't try to rush things in to try to get it in and get out. Um, for me, if, you know, if it's, if it's kind of the winter time for me, it's just like, you know, you can go through it slowly and try to get things done with, with quality and then, then Mm -hmm. call it a day and then go, go about your other day, other things.
1: This flexibility with the managing your own time, is that something that's come because you've been with the company for some time now or was it always like that from the start was this something you were looking for when finding um a job after graduation
0: yeah i think i think it's become a a tech culture thing too like a lot of people Mm -hmm. like you know especially when you're in remote work now we have someone in south south america that'll that might be working an hour ahead of my schedule Mm -hmm. right and there might be some there's a couple people in europe that work um, that are, that are I think six or seven hours ahead of yep. me, right? So um, mm-hmm. everyone has their own timelines um, and it, okay. and, it, and you can see it visibly on the calendars that everyone has. They have their own set times or, or slots of availability. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, you you won't be able to match in in this type of remote work style. You won't be able to match everyone. And so you can't mm-hmm. say, you know, I, I need to get things done by a certain time. Um, yeah. So whatever you need to do collaboratively you try to find time that matches everyone's availability and then apart mm-hmm. from that um then you try to get your individual work done um and it isn't something that you have to you know there's there's definitely some things that are deadline driven or timeline driven but for the most yeah. part you can go on your own pace and try to get things done if you prioritize in time right if you prioritize the awesome. in time
1: you mentioned when we spoke earlier that being with the company you're with now one of the selling factors or one of the things that was important to you was breaking into the U S. Why is that something that you considered before joining this company?
0: Yeah. So the the opportunity kind of came on itself, like came by itself. Like it was Mm -hmm. a reach out um, and then, you know, actually, yeah, applied to, but it was reach out. um, And then we discussed and like it, turned out to be a good role. There was a good value prop for the product. Um, the main reason I think getting into the States was um, like, there's a huge notion, at least in, in the tech culture in Canada, that there's always a brain drain um, as we call mm-hmm. it, uh, or, you know, in a more kind of hostile type of term, it's or toxic type of term. It's been like Cali or bust, which has been a very, mm-hmm. Big term in in California yeah. or in in Waterloo. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it, but the brain drain part is definitely something that hundred percent makes sense. Like a lot of people will try to get jobs out of graduation into the states, primarily yeah. because there's more opportunities, um, especially in 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 product management spaces, um, to work at mm-hmm. companies, um, startups, otherwise, or even. Um, or even big scale companies, like there'll be definitely more opportunities in the States. Um, And the compensation is like the discrepancy in compensation is pretty high. Like it's, it's absurd Mm -hmm. to see like the difference that Canadian pay will have versus American pay. Um, And that's why you see a lot of students, like they'll, they'll do their internships, like their last internships at a U.S. based company. And then that's Mm -hmm. where they convert into full time. And, you know, it makes sense for them to go the first couple of years and earn their money uh, or, or earn yep. compensation and then come back if they want to. Um, mm-hmm. Because you can, you know, pay off your debts, you can get off everything like your loans or whatnot. Um, and then yep. you come back with um, enough financial freedom to like start up or do whatever you want, right. To get them to the point. So yeah. Um, yeah. brain drains are definitely a big piece opportunities. Um, and you get to be part of like a, uh, a tech culture, right? Tech cultures here are yeah. also emerging, um, mm-hmm. but it's also a different style of work or a different pace of work in in, in U.S. based yep. companies.
1: For those like me who don't know the term brain drain, what is that referring to? What does that mean?
0: Yeah, so it's just a you can say like a a, a rate of de- like a rate of decline in terms of uh, knowledgeable workers in, in Canada. Right. Okay. Um, so that's kind of it, it's, it's very like the term really goes towards tech, tech oriented mm-hmm. uh, people. Um, or, you know, actually, it's, it's tech oriented people and students necessarily or specifically, right? Um, mm-hmm. You'll have a lot of these emerging students that come with very interesting skill sets or backgrounds out of universities or colleges. Um, yep. And, Canada won't be able to retain them or you won't have, you know, enough retention of these people in Canada because yeah. simply because the opportunities that lie in the States is, um, it's just way higher and then it's more lucrative in that sense. Right. So, um, hmm. when people start taking their talents over or trying to work there remotely, even, um, you kind of see a decrease in, in the available, uh, you know, the available group of, of, of knowledgeable people here that can actually yeah. work towards companies here. Um, Interesting. I like, there's definitely like amazing people here, but if you look mm-hmm. at the overall type of like, uh, like the movement that happens after graduation, you'll see a lot of people just go into mm-hmm. the States to work. Um, like, you know, I, I would, I think it was, it was a, a good portion at least, uh, 40 or 40 50 percent above like of the class of, of my program even that just you know started working in the states because um, yeah. you know it's 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 just more the more opportunity there's it's lucrative and yeah. you know, even if you work for the same US company and you work at a mm-hmm. Canadian office for the company versus the US yep. office the the pay scale mm-hmm. is way different um, yeah so you know that's that, that was the it was a good opportunity to pursue. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really why you can see a lot of people like transitioning out.
1: Interesting. Okay. So we've talked about your undergrad, your career so far, switching over to the Sikhi part of your life. What did your journey into Sikhi look like? Was it something that you've grown up with or did that phase come later in life? How did that, what did that look like?
0: Yeah, so um, initially was was born in India um, and, you know, didn't spend too much time in India. Um, mm-hmm. At that point, uh, Marikipa, my parents were really, you know, they weren't into Sikhi as much. They were still, um, you know, in a Punjabi household or culturally still very set in Punjabi, um, mm-hmm. Punjabi and Dindi type. Uh, but they were, uh, yeah, they were still like, you know, Believing uh, in Maraj, they still uh, did their part. My, da- my, you know, my dad would do yep. Jabhji Sahib at that point. Um, and so, you know, I think that played a large effect. Like even just those, that part, like overall kept, like kept, mm-hmm. kept sparked through. Um, but that was initial, right? Uh, we, you know, we had migrated over to um, the States for better opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. Just for kind of a better life in general. Um, yep. And... You know, at that point, I was very young, but, you know, I, I think it was just like the influence of the culture there um, where, you know, we or, you know, my, my father still kept this case. But for me, it was like, you know, it was just a lot of influence that happened. And and, and for some reason or the other at, at a very young age, like, uh, you know, case right. So um, mm-hmm. I had I had my hair cut very early on as a kid. Uh, and, you know, that at that point, it was just like living, it was kind of assimilation, right? You just kind of just live with the crowd and you kind yeah. of go with the same crowd that you're part of, especially in the in the Pennsylvania area that we were at. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. you weren't exposed to as much Sangat there, or even if there yeah. was Sangat, there was just not uh, the right places where you're at, right? So mm-hmm. um Everything was just kind of just like, you know, go with the flow type thing, uh, going in schools where there wasn't as much siki or any sun there either. Um, mm-hmm. you kind of just go with, uh, the typical friends that you have there. Uh, you know, I'd have like, um, you know, Mexican friends, like, you know, like a- anyone who was mi- like my migrant friends too, like Jamaican friends, like there was a lot of people there mm-hmm. just that you're part of and you kind of just think it's normal, right? Um, yeah. so. At that point, there wasn't much. Um, but, you know, I think mother, uh, my mother used to just, like, my mom uh, just used to, like, at night always, like, try to put me to sleep with the, with the Shabud, or try to try to put me mm-hmm. to sleep with some Shabud. Um, yeah. uh, right? Uh, like, all those Shabud's, like, they would try to put me to sleep with. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that still played a large effect, like, uh, a lot yeah. of time, maybe in, in points of distress, like Maharaj was always kind of your um, go-to person, right? And that was from my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time they were stressed, there was always Maharaj there as like a support. So you would, you would know, like even if we weren't living the lifestyle or living in Sikhi, there was always like, you know, support, for, uh, like support from Maraj, yeah. right? You, you would go from Maharaj mm-hmm. to support. Um, and that helped through a lot of, you know, stressful times early on. Um, uh, yep. and then once we came to Canada, it was kind of another shift to find, you know, a better, uh, lifestyle accommodation. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and we had moved to Waterloo very, very early, uh, my parents, my parents couldn't live with the Brampton lifestyle. So, you know, we, we moved, uh, we moved into Waterloo. Um, at that point it was like 06, 2006. Um, mm-hmm. and at that time, like. 607 uh that's when there was a couple of things from Guelph um, that used to do Gatka uh, at, mm-hmm. at our Gurdwara. And, you know, they'd be wearing Barna. They'd be in Barna, yep. um, just doing Gatka, doing uh, um, Patinam, doing all the bars, right, teaching all the kids. Um, there was a handful of kids that we used to have in Waterloo. And, you know, the interesting part of Waterloo Gurdwara has been that you grow up with the same youth throughout your mm-hmm. years. Um, yep. And like for years I've been like, n- you know, knowing the same people over and over. You see them again and again and it's and it's, and it's mm-hmm. nice to see that type of tight-knit community. Um, yep. But especially at that time, like that same group of young individuals, we used to learn from Apayamra um, Singh uh, at that time. Right? Yeah. And like we used to learn from them. Um, mm-hmm. And like just learn, learn, and then, you know, you got interested, uh, I was related to Amr Singh, right, so we used to go to their house and stuff, um, mm-hmm. and at that time it was, you know, you got, you started getting into vajaraan about sikhi and whatnot, um, yeah. and, like, as a kid, I don't, I don't remember, like, remembering too much of those vajaras, but mm-hmm. it was just um, the roop, right, it's just, yeah. uh, just seeing the roop of Maharaj, right, Guru Gobind Singh, the roop Yeah, the a and so, it mm-hmm. was just seeing the roop of Maharaj in, I think at some point, it played some impact, right? It, it, that was kind yeah. of the catalyst. It was just like, okay, this is like, these guys look, these guys look, uh, you know, and then they look amazing, yeah. right? And so, yeah. you see that and then you're just like, wow. Uh, so, initially, uh, kept my, that was the Stark point for keeping case. Um, mm-hmm. And my mom was just like, you know, if you're my mom, we had, we had, I remember having a very serious discussion with her as a kid. And it was just mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, I want to keep my case. And my mom was like, you know, she's like, she's like, why? She's just trying to understand why first. Um, yeah. And I think it was for me just like, because, you know, I saw these people do it and want to do it too. Like, yeah. And my mom just got said one thing. And she was like, you know, right? now, yep. now, you if you're going to do it, you're going to do it all the way. You're not going to. Go back right to what you were before mm-hmm. um so that played that played a large role it was just like that was a smart yeah. point right like you, you change you change your mindset as someone in grade three um and it was grade three to grade five uh grade six remember like um just rocking like a man bun all the time like because i guess yeah. one and just mm-hmm. uh, back in that time we used to just rock a, a man bun um even went to Hadmandissa with like a, with a man bun and, like to <laughs> mistake me for like a, for like a for like a lady for some reason. You know, like nice. you know like all that happened. But you know yeah. it was Mara that you know Bakshi And after that, once uh once university or sorry, high school hit, um that's when uh started getting some of of, of a bit more. Um mm-hmm. uh like locally, um, just learning Ethan um from Pike right here from in Waterloo and then just trying right. it, that, that started a big thing. Um that was kind of later and then early even like uh, there was a lot of Waterloo Sangat here too. Um uh, and just getting darshan of like uh or first it was like Sangha the Gursiks. um just learning about uh like getting into Nitaniv, getting into like um job right and going into those things initially like that helped a lot a lot like those just learning that from, yeah. from things around uh, that was that was quite helpful and then you know we always had like a, a group of people that were interested in doing things here as like a group here in Waterloo. so that was mm-hmm. that always that always played a large role and uh, like yeah will play a large it was attributing a lot uh, at that time to my to, to personal progression right um and then, around twenty, yeah, somewhere around twenty ten to twenty fifteen, or I think in the later parts of that span, that's when started getting some of the, um like even met Bugatti a little bit, uh, back in those days, um, mm-hmm. in Waterloo. Um, and then, you know, we started used to go to SYF camps back in the day. SYF, yeah. yeah. Camps back in the day. And then Pai Singh used to meet them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh yeah. Then at the like though Singh I remember very vividly, like in they in there listening to them initially. Uh basically yeah. so he just like sitting on YouTube just listening to them. Like very introductory mm-hmm. things, right? But very yeah. powerful, like it was just. It was almost as if it was just like a casual conversation, right? And Baidu yeah. Gaoxing always kind of made it very like a casual conversation, but a lot of effective points in it. Yeah. Um, and so mm. that you know, Marid Kirpa, that I played a lot, um, a lot of effect. Uh, and that you know, over time, like you just started feeling, uh, you know, you wanted to be in that space. Oh, I'll, I'll so you wanted to be living in that space. Um, yep. just even getting like, uh, like sitting to listen to sage bars, or just even listening to Bhagaji's tapes at that time, like yep. played a large role, like immense role. You, you don't think of it, at, you don't think of it like at that time. You're kind of just yeah. in that space, but it plays a large role in your your thinking, your mentality, how you you know think about Gursiki And then mm-hmm. uh, that grew. You kind of feel normalized in those spaces. Right. Yeah. It becomes, uh, it becomes, sorry, it becomes normalized to just be in those spaces. And mm-hmm. so, uh, as we will go, keep going, like you start thinking about it. And then, then at that point afterwards, it was just like, you know, uh, right to take, uh, to be blessed with them. Um, yeah. and so I remember initially in, in 2014, I think 2014 was the year, uh, like used to play high school basketball back then. Um, mm-hmm. and one of the things that told me, uh, you know, you should, you should look into, you know, taking da Dada, taking Amrit now, um, yep. I remember very vividly me, like thinking like, Oh, I'm going to do it. How am I going to do it? Like what's, what's possible. Um, mm-hmm. my reason for delaying it for a year was because I wanted to play basketball. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. So and I remember, uh. At that time, one of the things called Pugaji and they were like, you know, this thing wants to play basketball, but <laughs> he's got to spend like, you know, that's why he's, that's why he's holding off on it. But I think Pugaji was cool with it. They were just like, yeah, you know, all right, just do ball and then <laughs> hop on over afterwards. <laughs> so, nice. uh, yeah, like Mari Karpa, you know, played basketball and <laughs> then took, you know, Mari Karpa took Amit uh, and got blessed with Amit with at Maltin uh in in may when the nagagitan happened um mm-hmm. in 2015 uh and yeah it just felt normal after i mean the the interesting part was you know yeah. you could still play ball afterwards it wasn't it was never <laughs> an issue right uh i used to <laughs> yeah. um i remember very vividly got like a little could pawn, like that was like one of the ones that you did or yeah, Ghatra that you could just wear on your belt or your waist and then yeah. the krupan and then just play basketball like that. So it was never an issue. Yeah. But you know, Maradi Kirda, that you know, it happened uh gave yeah. more time to take uh Lahav Sangat too and get ready. Um mm-hmm. yeah, and then, you know, wow. you 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 definitely hit like a a high right after getting you know, like I think a lot of people talk about this is like there's yeah. there's some like spike or adrenaline spike or yeah. whatever you can call it that, that happens and it's amazing like you know the the you get and and just your jaw is like amazing um and then ever since then it was just uh you know keeping in touch with Sangat um growing Sangat um and then throughout the university years um you know just start thinking about, like, Santaya, right? Santaya was an important thing, uh, yep. always talked about. Uh, it was important for, you know, to sit, like, to sit on kind of the Thabaya, uh, to sit on takteh was kind of just, like, you know, in the back of the head as, like, a prereq. Like, you got to yeah. be able to do Santaya to, to get to a point where you can do this. So, mm-hmm. uh, at that point, uh, Nihang Santa was very uh, early on, or early stage yeah. at that point. Uh, and that's where um, initially got in contact with them over social media. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, started Santia with uh, the with Stad uh, by Dee and Sandy, And then, yeah, ever since then, I've uh, just been, you know, uh, just been doing those lessons since like second year. Uh, and yeah, it's just a good prasad that, you know, just even got the opportunity to get Santia. Um, mm-hmm. and just learning that, like, Santer has definitely has a big role in, in life, uh, at least yeah. you know, in, in these like recent years from that point on. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's like all, all that, all that, and also just having, uh, Sangatha Mapuks, right? Just trying to get the books is like the greatest thing. Like, you don't, you don't get it, you get blessed with it, right? Um, yeah. And that was that was the greatest part. Like over time, just uh, being able to talk to, listen to mob books, um, yeah, you know, you get that inst- you get that type of uh, feeling, right? There's a different aura, there's a different energy with them, and you know, at some point in time, the energy rubs off, um, yeah. and it helps you in in, in, in many ways, right? Um, ups and downs, like it'll help you throughout. So uh, that was definitely. Uh, a, you know that was definitely the the one thing that's kept kind of like a battery like a recharge right throughout time yeah um and so but that's 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 been keeping me through right um yeah and I think that's kind of how it ended off like right a lot of people you see like they they come as a key um through very like unique ways um, yeah uh, unique backgrounds uh, and they all have like their own story of like getting uh, a touch or a spark, right? And that spark, yeah. uh, that spark is always unique, because it's not—it's not like you can always think of it as—you um, can always think of it as like it just happened. But it was mm-hmm. there was some—it it must have had to be some karmas that you have committed before, right? Yeah. Or some sangha that you have done before to be even blessed with that opportunity or that spark, right? And so mm-hmm. it's all kind of like and you come back in yeah. from coming back out and you kinda of see it's interesting because now you see two perspectives of life, right? Yeah. Um and you see like two sides of the coin, uh, so to say. Yeah. Uh and then it kind of like hits you like, oh, where you came from versus where you're part of, right? Um mm-hmm. and during those high school years, uh my parents were even uh or actually university years, they were blessed with number two. And so it was mm-hmm. just like, you know, uh, the, the, the dynamic in the household changed afterwards. Right. Yeah. Everything became very center aligned to sikhi uh, And that was just Guru Prasad that it happened. So uh, mm-hmm. that was good. And, you know, ever since then, we've been following suit with that with Guru
1: It's really funny. You mentioned unique stories. I resonate with yours a lot. Surprisingly, I had that, I started keeping my case when I was in grade two, I think. And I vividly remember having that same conversation with my mom yeah. and it was like, like there's no option after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came from, it comes from the right place, right? They don't want us yeah. to um, take this jump and then disappoint. Maraj after. They, yeah. want, they want to make sure that their kids are, they know what they're, they're getting into. I, I, I didn't wait because of basketball. I waited because I wanted to practice. Yeah. But the first thing I did after taking over was play ball with my boys um, <laughs> that same evening after. And I, I remember thinking to myself, like, how am I supposed to <laughs> wear my coupon <kitabon laughs> and play ball? But yeah, it's just so crazy how many um how many similarities there can be, but also how unique someone's story can be. You mentioned Santhea. I also, uh, with get but started with Nihang Santhea when I was in... I believe my third year of university. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember reaching out to you first to to ask how I could get in touch with Santa, because you were one of the only students in Toronto that I knew that were linked with the organization. You've been with them for a while now. Um, why is Santha important? Right. Um, aside from the fact that you learned Shodh what does it bring to your life?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, so like, like the first preface is like even when you when you learn Santal's Ji even talks about it right. Um, there's there's a recording of this by sant Garthol Sanji on, on on SoundCloud too. Um, yep. Like Pai Gopalaji Saki right, like Guru Har Sahib is in in Darbar and, and they call Pai Gopalaji to or they ask a Sikh to, to read or recite Sahib. Show dujaran kare koi Sikh. They mm-hmm. So, the part of the part of the part of the part of part of the part of and Maharaj was just thinking like, should we give them uh like Should we give them Should we give them more life or like you know, more uh, uh prana? And mm-hmm. Maharaj is just Maharaj was like was like this, this doesn't compare to part or anything of what they did. So they were like we might as well you know, Maharaj was like might as well just give them give this thing the Gurugaddi. So Maharaj is about to give Gurugaddi and the sing's quote comes that i want to get kordi <laughs> so i could yeah. i could fight Mughal, right marane yeah. marane maraj ne pehle Ma-ra Ma-ra <laughs> antar marane sunke kya ki you know chalo theek hai kode dene denomination matlab sodha right so they yeah. we say usvilli Mara guru hargobind sahib ji ne um uh koda bakshia lakhana the te kaathi bakshia gave them money and i gave them uh uh, that all their uh, I think right? Yeah. And and just because of that, like they would be uh, saved from jabduts. So you know, giving that much blessing for show uh, the part, of Sri Jabdi Sab. Now yeah. even like you know, you think about it in this context, right? Doing the part is. Like is like the hardest thing first of all. Yeah. Right of doing part. Um, but the second part is like also doing the shud part, the part. Right. So yeah, mm-hmm. na Right. And, uh, 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 comes from the Vishnam the le. Right. Yeah. um Understanding like Vishnam the le and just like the flow you're going with. Right. So. Understanding those two components of the part, that's where Santhya plays a large role, right? You get your shoulder Charan from it. But it's getting Prasanta from Maharaj, right? That's the one the one piece. Uh, yep. But even then, like, you know, as as go to six, you try to think, like, oh, Appa, you try to get um, some form of uh, um, Vadda in your Nithinim or Vadda in your Abhyas. When mm. you follow Santhya, you have. Names, right, and you have uh, guidelines that you have to follow, right? Uh, yeah. In that like Abhyas is very important in in that sense. On Pachivari, karna I did that That Pachivari, who are would say like year five, I two D K. You know, Pachivari, you see Kardeyo. That's Pachivari. You're playing ball of Pachivari. You're doing um, Pachivari doing net name. Pachivari doing you know Sundargotka, five uh, yep. granthi, five Bulgarian and then going into like odd Ad, other right, Adirvanya. So mm-hmm. thinking about that in that sense, you get to get, get to a point where you do Pachit sad and most people don't get a, opportunities to do that in their lifetime, right? So mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's it, it multiplies your 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 name yeah, and yeah. then your bias, um, and especially in in, in forms of Santya you want to think of it as something that's blessed or given to you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's an important piece to think about that. Like, this vidya is handed, like, you're given to you, right? Like, a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, now it's accessible on social media to do these types of things. Obviously, like, the most ideal thing would be to do it in person with, uh, yeah. with, with, a, uh, Ustad. But, you know, even getting a blessing like this, you have an opportunity to do something and apply it to your daily life, right? That discipline that you take of doing Pachivari Abhyas before your next lesson or before your next, you know, preceding lessons, that in mm-hmm. itself, you got to figure out, okay, if I need to do Pachivari Abhyas, how do I break it down into yep. um, the days before I need to get uh, lesson done, right? So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, there's different angles which you look into your Abhyas, right? So some angles you'll try to understand the arts when you when you're doing abhyas. Some angles you'll mm-hmm. try to understand the ucharan, right? When you're trying to do it or the mishnamas, uh, right? Yeah. So when you you'll try to figure out where the jam come, uh, where where they're put into it. And then at some points you'll start under, trying to understand the leh or the flow of the body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you apply it, especially like with kabbits or like. Um, different chans that Maharaj even has right and like in Dasam yep. like, they'll come different very different variants of, of chans so like doing mm-hmm. those those types of things you'll come in with different perspectives in your bias each time and it might yep. be on the same like set of that you're going through and that's really interesting mm-hmm. you, you apply a different perspective to each time and your bias continues but also you your Koj only continues as well right so to Prasad yep. that's that's the the way like, that you can think of it as, like, your boss helps your discipline. It also helps your own discovery, right, into different things. Um, and that later on plays a role into your own personal development, right? And as you progress through Santhya, right, you understand, like, uh, that you get to do so much money, Like, you know, you just get to discover so much that you previously would never have the opportunity, right? Yeah. Some people would just, yeah. you know, go through Santya like, try to go through, like, on some days like just a, a discovery run, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's like you yeah. go through different body, like, oh what what's in what's in the other parts of it? What's in the other parts of it, right. mm-hmm. um, but now you mm-hmm. actually get to go through this in a very structured format, like you go through in a school yeah. and you learn from your stad. Um, and also, yeah, like that's that's the one part. The other part is you get to have uh, respect for your stad, right? Um yeah. you understand what is the process of being a Sikh or a learner, right? Um, mm-hmm. You have to come into like you know. I thought you was talking about like Nihang Santia came in the sense that it's not it's not just like a Nihang oriented organization, right? It's Nihang Santhiya is coming into Vidya without hangta, without home or without ego, right? Yeah, and trying to learn without ego, which is easier said than anything, right? Subtle forms come, uh, very abrupt forms come, but you have to be. Cognizant and you have to come in with the sense that you know hmm. uh, vidya, right? And your stad is very response. your is like like that channel that's giving you vidya, yeah. right? So karke, yeah. how you want to speak to your astad, right? Um, following that niyam and nijam that plays a large role in just your learning and sikki, but it also applies to your personal life, right? How you speak mm-hmm. with others or how you um, communicate with others, right? That also yep. comes from that level of respect. So um, there's a lot of translatable skills, like softer or, or hard skills that can, you can apply to mm-hmm. everything in your life. Uh, but it comes from following things like something like, that, like taking part in it. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it's not in it's not like a it's not like a like a one year thing that you can just get everything done. Some people can do it if you go to Tuxala you spend your time yeah. there, you'll you'll do Pachiba <laughs> on the same day and then you'll be ne- ready for the next lesson tomorrow, right? Um, yeah. but if you are, you know, if you're living this type of glista jivan where you know you have to spend your time doing kirt as well. Um, in certain areas, some applications you might not be able to do abhyasa like that same way. You have yeah. to spread it out. But, you know, your your Santea might take more time, but you know, you can also think of it as your lifeline, right? It keeps you yeah. it keeps you uh, focused throughout right and it gives you an opportunity to zone out and focus on something else or something that matters right um apart from mm-hmm. just um the inside of things
2: yeah
1: interesting um i think that's that's one of the more underrated explanations that that are present for santa santa is is something that I didn't grow up with, I didn't know the word Santya until after I took Amrit, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more you engage in it, the more you realize how much of a treasure it is. But at the same time, you realize, I don't know if you've had this feeling, but I always think to myself, if Maraj had taken me to this path earlier, how much further we could have been. Yeah. Like all of this time lost doing <laughs> useless things, yeah. which maybe we wouldn't value it as much as, as kids or, or younger Amrit 36, but you start realizing how how much of a treasure it is to begin with, and you just end up being grateful yeah. for being exposed to it. Um, part of being grateful, you've mentioned a few times, having Korsik's, um, trying to get books whenever you can. Um, in your journey into Sakiso so far, have there been any role models that have inspired you along the way or have helped you move forward in your Sikhi, so as you progress through this journey?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, staying with, like, just having sung of the Pugaji before, like, very early on, like, yeah. that was, like, amazing, right? Like, you come in, and, like, initially, like, I was just, like, what's going on, right? There's just, like, Barney being played everywhere. Like, you're not you're mm-hmm. not used to the Barney, first of all, and then Pugaji's there. Yeah. And, you know, it's very um, interesting things that are going on, right? Like, um, exercises that are going on, and, like, you know, it's, like, Barney going, it's, like, when you, if you're a newcomer, you're kind of just, like, okay, like, well, there's there's a lot of interesting things going on, right? but as yeah. you get a, you underst- once you start understanding the reasons behind it like why there's like Barney being played why is there uh, exercise being done like city of the health mm-hmm. and all that stuff um, then you go, you start realizing okay like you know there's a, there's a lot of deeper meaning than just like what you come off of and like you know to your point that yeah. like you're saying like we waste our our life like you know a lot of things come as like point blank involuntary type thought process before once you start mm-hmm. getting into Sangha like this, you start thinking like there's a reason for all these actions that 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 are happening yeah. in front of you, right? And especially with like ma'budis and whatnot, you like you understand like there's um, deeper levels of reasoning between behind certain things like what uh, when yeah. they do it, what they do, what they say, right? Um, like there's there's always like more uh, deeper context towards what they say, um, and so like that's where. Uh, it really helps like for you to get a, a basis. Like, and mm-hmm. there's always like a, there's always like something they, they leave in you. Like they'll leave some spark in you, right. That that you take along. Yep. Um, and it'll always be either like something where, you know, when you're at your lowest, it'll be like that help for you. Yep. Um, or at the highest, it'll be a reminder for you. Right. Like, like it, it, it there's always like a reminder at those stages. Um, And like even getting sangat like of that is, is is, is really important. Like you know that's that's why like you know if you if there is like mob works that come in or or whatnot, like you know the the intention should be Igor Prasad. You know get sangat of them and try to see like what you can even sit in. Right, Um, at some point like you know you come in with questions and you like when you're there you might not even be able to ask those questions because like you're you're in the presence and it's just like okay like this doesn't matter some of these questions don't matter like when nothing matters right um Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of like those types of um feelings that you don't get otherwise and with some of the mop that's it's just different in that sense um like you played a large role in that um initially um Tapaji when they were here too, um, just seeing Tapaji yep. Nimrata and just like the love they have for everyone, like they'll come and like yeah. hold your hand and just like you know talk to you, like yeah. they'll just chill with you, right? And um, or they there will be uh again, if saying indeed that comes in, right? Like they they'll talk and just be like very quiet with it. They're always like looking, they're always observing things, right? Uh, like there's yeah. always like those those like unique traits that you always see and like it's it's always just like just cool like you you want to see it and mm-hmm. you, you take away things from it um and then you know like you said like you see like like you know you like you said you do something early, you know, like you did something and you're like okay you know I could have done this earlier and could have started right and it's just like yeah. you know you read into like like word or something and then, like they've done a see the part or the right I'll see in an hour sorry and then or there'll be a lariwar party by like age eight or nine. And you're just like, yep. okay, that's that's insane, man, right? And yeah. um, those things like inspire you, right? They'll try, you want to get to even like 0.5%, like 0.4%, I don't yeah. know, any little percentage of that, right? But those mm-hmm. things keep you afloat, right? Trying to understand what they say um, and then trying to like uh, apply those those things that they say. So that's uh, yep. that's a big thing um and especially looking at it like as people that have gone to a stage like that are at an us like that like it's it's just uh it humbles you and then also makes you like reminds you like what you need to kind of follow in terms of direction right Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah
1: awesome for you're one of those examples who have taken amrit in their high school years and then developed as they've grown into university there isn't now a trend of a lot of people re-exploring sikhi that it going beyond just going to the gurdwara understanding that sangat is is something that's part of your life and not just the people you see at your local gurdwara so is there any advice that you would have for youth that are just now entering this path of sikhi yeah
0: yeah like uh for youth, I think the main thing to think about is, like, your intention that you come in with, right? We were talking about this before, is, like, the one thing is to really think about your intention that you come in to, to Sikhi with, right? You want to come into it uh, with a sense of growing, right? Or, or trying to get maharaj uh, and parasanta like, trying to get that. Like, that'll be, that's one thing that you try to follow and you can try to keep, yeah. Um when you have that mindset of like a growth mindset or you know what we call it like growth mindset or whatever right like you yeah. it's it's trying to stay um like trying to stay humble and try to learn with with humility with he be right try to see what you can learn try to take um the essence out of the bug right which is the key right like all the essence of all the yeah. different various like applications of it or where the various channels are try to take all the mm-hmm. Uh, essence you can and try to apply it to your core print like your core piece which is your own your own like your own like uh, you know or whatever you want to call it right um, and I think it's also to think, you know a lot of when people come in is try to figure out that sustainable like growth for yourself it's mm-hmm. like you know you can't do everything at once and you yeah you know especially when you're entering in university or entering in like uh like this type of place where you have academia that you have to follow on through it's like okay you got to identify what are the things that i need the most mm-hmm. or should i you know mm-hmm. but also like sustainably like what can i follow through on a day-to-day basis yeah. that can help me I, and i how can i grow right like the there will be a baseline obviously right and if the name is your baseline mm-hmm. And it'll always be your reference point. And then after that, yeah. how can you um, sustainably grow throughout your years, right? Whether it be doing it while you're in school, doing it while you're in your work. Like, what are the sustainable routes that you can take um, so that you don't burn, you don't burn out per se, uh, right. but you can just keep doing what you want. Like, keep doing it and still feel uh, that, you know, you feel healthy doing it, right? There's no... Yeah. There's no like excessive burnout you're doing for yourself,
1: for sure. Knowing what you know now, both career-wise and security-wise, if you were able to speak with first-year undergrad Bhavnit is there any advice or lesson you'd want to give yourself?
0: Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. Um, it's it's like a you know I think it it's. it's Take stress in 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 a positive way, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of what we had in, in university was like exams. A lot of that, uh, a lot of yep. that, like trying to do something or trying to achieve your career. Um, mm-hmm. And like I was saying, kind of tying it back to like the California or bus type notion that was happening yeah. back in the day. It's like everyone wants to go to California. Everyone's trying to get like this thing. At the end of the day, right? Yep. It's it does it won't matter. Like you should look to achieve the greatest possible output you can um, in your, in your, in your video in your studying in your, in your, in your, your job search your internships. But, you know, that doesn't factor into like, like being obsessed over like something, right. You have a goal. Hmm. You should work towards that goal. You should be focused towards that goal, but you can't be like obsessed towards it. Right. And that's where I'm thinking like sustainably, you have to balance that. and, you're right? Like working yeah. towards that. And so um, like take stress in a positive way, take it as focus that you can apply it towards a direction. But, you know, ultimately, like some of these things just like they don't like they won't impact you as much as you think. Like if you don't make it there, mm-hmm. it's not going to be crazy. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, everyone who's going to make it out, they'll have a career, you'll progress through your career. And you'll be yep. somewhere at that point, right? When Maraj get blood. some like so, it'll you'll be fine, right? Like everything works out. So um, that's kind of what what I would say is like you take your point like of emphasis in is like just working with within the flow and just kind of work with the flow and let it let it flow. Like just keep going with it, um, and things will turn out for the better, right? Um, you just kind of keep keep a cool keep a a direction of where your priorities are and then the rest Mm -hmm. just follows suit with it.
1: Going from the
0: past to now the future,
1: where do you see yourself in a few years?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Mara, you could apply, you know, I think like product management is still where I would like to keep going, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, especially going in the future years. Like I think it's still, it's still an amazing space to be in, still like to work in as 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 the professional part of the career, um, solving yep. issues and whatnot. You know, obviously, like we'll get to a point where you can go into uh, like more of a leadership, product management role. Um, that will be definitely interesting to go into afterwards. Like the first, the short term is try to get into senior product management, then try to go into like lead product management. Try to go into more of those, like, um, like right now it's more of an individual contributor, right? But then going into more of like a, a management aspect might be something, might be interesting, but you know, mm-hmm. could explore, um, that spot or as an independent contributor, like going into bigger, um, bigger firms, right? Um, yeah. so that might be the outlook that would want to take. Like I think that eventually at some point would like to be at a spot where, um, can be like a can be like a investor, right? And being able to invest in like sick led startups, right? Or sick led yep. opportunities or initiatives, right? That would be amazing. Like if oh, we no. had something like I I don't know, it's 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 cheesy, like a like a like a dragon's den type thing, but like you know, like a lot yeah. of sick entrepreneurs, right? Coming with ideas, mm-hmm. especially with people now that there's you know ways that are carved out for sick youth to get into mm-hmm. these places. Um, you yeah. know now there's opportunity to go back and start saying, okay, if you have ideas, like let's work on that, like let's work on building those ideas, right? Um, mm-hmm. like I think World Bank or yeah, World Bank had a sick who just got appointed too, right? So they, those are high mm-hmm. positions where, um, like a lot of things can or things are, or or can do better, right? Like of what's yeah. And so you know, especially funding and those aren't like initiatives, and endeavors, like that'll be amazing to see at that point. And so at a point where you can give back and start investing in people people's ideas yep. will be uh like an amazing type of side thing to do. Um so um to get to that I think you need to definitely have more in knowledge of investments and making the right investments or um, being that level. Um but mm-hmm. for now, like, you know, in the in the five year span I think product management will still be um the place you you know would like to live in for now. Um yep and then build my career off of that and then maybe go into director level stuff.
1: Awesome. So we are inching towards the end of this podcast and we like to end off every podcast with the random five. So this is where I'm going to ask you five totally random questions just for the listeners to get to know you a little better. So the first question is what is your favorite book?
0: Yeah, it's a a good point. Uh, Favorite book. The, you know, one of the favorite books that I had, like, from, like, if we say from a non secure perspective, I think Malcolm X was a good read. Uh, Mm -hmm. Malcolm X's autobiography, I think that was always a good read. It also, it always, like, was interesting to see how, you know, how he was, how his life was before jail and then going into jail. And then as he Mm -hmm. became more learned in his his religion and faith, he came out as a different person completely, right? And his mindset was very, very different um mm-hmm. and just seeing like how influence he had over or people like you can see through his interviews right like it's very interesting yep. to see that um and then from a from a sikhi perspective um there's there's a couple of good books uh i would think the like one of the interesting reads like if you want the one to learn about like dasam is is even just like uh kama singh's book like well Dasam Gran. Um yep. Sri Dasam Guru Granth Sahib Ji, and like learning about all the, the portfolios that, or the folios and manuscripts that existed mm-hmm. before. You get a sense of like all yep. of Maharaj's like how did Maharaj Bani come to be like all the different um sarups back in the day that Maharaj's had. Yeah. Like Beer and like uh savdi Sabdibir. Um a lot of like like a lot of those different um like historical accounts of how Bani came to be together um mm-hmm. and how it formulated in it. that's Dash Sevdi. It's always interesting to hear about. Um yep. I think that was that would be definitely a good read. Um and then obviously like like Bukash is like, you know, getting into that will, will always be um, worthwhile. Like there's just so much about Kabisathosin yeah. that can be talked about
1: next question is what is your favorite quote and or bani pankti
0: yeah um bani pankti i think would would be especially like um like an ardas roop pankti which was like uh, um i think that pankti for for me was like very powerful like just every point in time where you, you know you feel like there's downs in, in life, or there's points, you know, you do that of us, right? You can't escape, like, your, your dikha, right? Unless, unless you're like mm-hmm. a Santo ma'apur that has completely ended, right? Uh, ended that out. Yeah. But, you know, in any any, any suksham form, you could always be doing some form of, uh, of galdi or whatnot, right? Um, and um, it's just like, you know, you do an adas to stay in ma'araj, right? Um, and be blessed mm-hmm. by them, or, you know, be given Mercy by them, right? And it and it gives yep. you perspective, right? You like at that point you don't it's not about you. It's just about um, trying to stay in mara just, right? Regardless of what happens, mm-hmm. you're trying to stay in Mara just um, yep. and try to um, you know, try just try to try to keep going and be blessed by them that you know Mara is gonna give you that um ball to keep going on, right? Awesome.
1: What is one of your weird quirks? Weird quirks. I
0: don't know. Um I don't know. There's always like a fidget spinner I'm playing around with. So I nice. there's just like it's always like at least at work, like if I'm sitting down, there's always like a fidget spinner, like I'm always using. Mm-hmm. And I just like trying to it helps to for me to think at at, at times. Uh but then <laughs> there's just like some odd like random things like do like I don't know there's like this 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 random like donut shaped thing that I tried to play around with so there's all these like random stuff that's uh around that I try to like uh just try to like fiddle around we try to try to think helps around helps out sometimes doesn't that's cool interesting
1: if you can meet anyone in history who would it be
0: yeah that would it would be interesting to meet Gavi indeed back in history, like, especially mm-hmm. during that um, early 1800 era when they're doing, uh, when they're compiling Saludji Prakash, right? Like, yep. to be able to, like, let's say, like, just walk walk with them, try to understand, like, where they're pulling all their sources from, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh like, all those like getting yeah. all of those like compiling all of it and then just like writing it like imagine just being able to sit there and watch that it's amazing yeah. like like even like thinking about how they got Darshan of Sheet things to like finish the gun like all these yeah. things like if you were there like doing the day-to-day walking with them trying to like even work as like a I don't know like a, like a scribe with them like imagine how great would that yeah. would be right so it's uh that would definitely be amazing to see. Um and like just being in that presence would be in insane. And
1: the last one is what is your biggest pet peeve?
0: Yeah. Biggest pet peeve. I think I said that one before. Um
1: that one was uh, oh, project, when I mentioned project, project versus yeah, project <laughs> management
0: yeah. versus product, yeah. Um I've roasted a couple of my friends for that. But um <laughs> yeah that, that's one um the other i don't know there's there's not much i mean when Celtics lose i guess that's a that's a big pet peeve they always have the same errors fair so enough. at least they're better than the Raptors so that, that's all that matters fair enough.
1: fair enough this might the i'm not gonna jinx it but thing, things are looking
0: they're doing good this year. yeah i'll yeah. say
1: that um before we end off today is there anything else you want to leave with our listeners
0: yeah. I mean, uh, like maintaining, maintaining key, and like, a, uh, and work, like, you know, we always talk about like the work life balance, right. Um, mm-hmm. carving time out is something you gotta be, uh, you have to be intentional about. And I think like, it's hard to do it. Um, yeah. it's not easy. It's not easy said, uh, or it's easy said, not easy done. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think it's, it's just to be intentional about where you lie your priorities. And like, again, it ties to the thing of like sustainable, like growth, right? Like sustainable, like what can you keep sustainably outside of your work, outside of your study that you can follow through on. Um, and those might be Mm -hmm. small actions and those might be big actions. Right. Um, but that, that discipline, um, is helpful. It, it helps a lot through your own progression. Um, And Sangat is, is obviously important, like where you can get Sangha. That's, uh, that's the biggest, like, lifeline or the reboost that you need all the time. Um, apart from that, like, yeah, Santia, obviously Santia, you know, we are, we already talked about that piece, which is why it's important to do. Um, but yeah, like, I think we, like, engineering or like these, like engineering, computer science, they are, they aren't like as um like as daunting as as they they, they might seem like in in some cases mm-hmm. yes there's programs that definitely are hard um yep. but there's nothing that's not manageable like i would say like if you mm-hmm. you know if you if you have an interest like you should definitely like pursue it um yep. you know having people in this area or in like like different careers like this is just like that part where, you know, you have the month in different areas, right? You have the, you have it represented yeah. in different areas. So um, like seeing now, seeing things now in like tech or in engineering and computer science is awesome to see. Like, you know, I think people should pursue it. Um, at yeah. the end of the day, like there's going to be a big transition towards um, technology and or you know, there's always been, it's always been that, but even with like yeah. things like chat GBT or like things like AI revolution that comes up, over the next 10, 20 years, that's going to be a big revolution in the job market or the workforce, right? And mm-hmm. how you um, adapt to that, like, it'll be interesting to see how many things come in or things or like things come into that place, right? Um, yeah. And with the technology or with the knowledge you get, you can apply it to different things, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, even security related, like just working on like, like how can AI applications be be used in Sikhi would be so interesting, yep. right? Like if you search for something with Chat GPT, can you get all the sources of Prat and grants that you could be tied to it, right? Yeah. Right. Like if you wanted yeah. a detailed description of uh uh like Jibani, how could we compile mm-hmm. it with all these Pratan grants? Like all these are great yeah. questions that can be solved and we could be innovators in that space, right? Um It'll be, and it'll be interesting to see people who are motivated in that, you know, you can bring that motivation that you have, like, force it and apply it with what you have in your technology towards getting towards these places, right? Um, And these are very interesting innovations that I think would benefit everyone. As you go into new age, a lot of people um, would benefit from having this. Obviously, like, things like something will always need to be done with nostalgia. Or going and you will always be done better going with through, with it through someone with your thought
2: mm-hmm. or with
0: anything but like these are ancillary or what you could say complementary things that could be worked on, on the side that help yeah. right and so a lot of these endeavors like you need the brains to do it right and a lot of people like when we go into the future that'll be the most interesting thing how people how six come into this space and how they can yeah. apply it into their own month right Interesting,
1: awesome. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for sharing your story, being so open, and being able to walk us through your journey. But we'll be ending the episode there. You've been listening to the Experience Siki the podcast.